for equivalent size airports, equivalent UK size airports, we've done exceptionally well. So I think we were, we finished last year about 65% recovery on equivalent uh, 2019. And if you benchmark that against you know, equivalent UK airports, they're looking at 40, 50%. It's no secret that the pandemic has had a huge impact on the aviation industry, drastically reducing our travel and threatening the very viability of airlines, airports and the jobs of tens of thousands of people from pilots to baggage handlers. Our airport, despite being owned by the people of Jersey, has not escaped this difficult time. Its income in 2020 declined by half and its owner Ports of Jersey made an overall £8 million loss in that year. It was forced to let staff go and ask remaining employees to take on extra roles. Almost two years on since the start of the pandemic, has the situation improved? And what is the latest on Port's pre-COVID plans to upgrade significant parts of the airport? Bailiwick Met Airport Director Robin McRae to find out more. Robin, clearly um, aviation has been uh, a real casualty of the pandemic and that hasn't, uh, and Jersey hasn't escaped that, neither has the airport. Could you just um, give us an update as to, to where Ports of Jersey are? Clearly, 2020 was a very difficult year. How was last year? And, and are there, are there re- grounds for optimism? Um, yes, uh, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, l- last year was incredibly challenging. And um, at the tail end of 2020, we had to make the decision to let some people go. Um, we, we did that through a voluntary release programme. Um, but there was, there was a fair percentage of our labour force um, you know, took up that uh, particular offer. Um, at that particular stage, we just didn't have a crystal ball in terms mm-hmm. of the way that uh, the aviation industry was going to recover. So we were doing lots of scenario planning, looking at you know worst case to uh, you know possibly best case. Um, and although last year was challenging, I think the really positive thing was that Jersey bounced back mm. much quicker than we could have anticipated, which was incredibly positive for for, for the island and for. Uh, for the, the island community. Um, that, of course, presented us with some significant operational challenges uh, because we had to effectively, you know, um, make do with what we had mm. and do things very, very differently as well. But, of course, where you're challenged like that, um, there is always the, the positive side of it. So, so we grabbed the opportunity to effectively reshape the operation mm. um, at, at the airport. And... Um, Airports traditionally are, are very siloed in, in the way that the different functions operate. So you've got standalone security, standalone air traffic, standalone fire service. Um, and what we did was we started an integration programme. So where effectively what we we're doing was we started to multi-skill people um, across uh, different areas of the business. Um, and just to give an example of that, security was pretty much our, our key uh, risk and challenge. Because um, you know the, the vast majority of the number that we released at the end of 2020 came from a very big pool that we had in security. So that particular pool was reduced by about 35%. So what we did was we started to train people uh, from, for example, um, the, the back office administration areas in limited roles in security. So they weren't fully qualified security officers. But they could do things like, for example, and do things uh, at the moment where they're checking boarding passes, where they're helping to, to load trays before the trays go through the x-ray machine. Mm. Um, and 
although that sounds very simple and straightforward, it is actually quite a big cultural change mm. for an organisation that's been very used to doing things in a very traditional way. Um, but, but actually, you know, as the, as the months have progressed, we've ended up with um, uh, probably about 50 or 60 members of our non-operational staff who, quite frankly, have supported the operation and kept the mm. operation going, along with their colleagues at the operational front end. So if you travel through the airport... Um, quite frequently you will see people that are not in the traditional security uniform. And these people are people from HR, from finance, from our commercial departments, all down helping when there's the peak periods um, at, you know, at security, trying to try and help the, the throughput. And, and how has that gone down with staff? Have they in, enjoyed the variety? Yeah, I, I think, um, being absolutely honest with you, I think the original intent was really just to use this integrated ops model to deal with the peak periods at the airport time. But because the traffic levels ramped up so positively at, um, at here at Jersey, we ended up having to pull in these people a lot more. So um, ultimately, um, they were struggling to do their own job then. So what, what we've been doing over the course of the last uh, two months or thereabouts is we've recognised that that's not sustainable going forward. Mm. We don't want to lose that cross-skilling. We don't want to lose that integrated adopts piece. But what we do need to do, and we are doing at the moment, is recruiting uh, to, to up the baseline number in security. Um, and that's active at the moment. We've very recently taken on, uh, I think, 10, uh, 10, 10 people so far who qualified. And we're going to continue that recruitment programme until we get the baseline right for this year going forward. I understand. And um, you made a loss in, in 2020, um, around £8 million. Uh, is the... Is the airport now on a, a firmer financial even keel, if I can put it like that? I, I think looking forward at um, volumes uh, that we're predicting for, for this year, it looks really positive. Um, always quite cautious to say that uh, with, with COVID. Um, is there going to be another variant? What's the impact of another mm. variant going to be? But ultimately, I think if we look at um, the improved performance throughout 21 mm. and then close liaison with all of our airline partners, I think, I think we can be really optimistic about um, this year and thereafter beyond as well. And has Jersey Airport compared well compared with other airports? For equivalent size airports, equivalent UK size airports, we've done exceptionally well. So I think we, were, we finished last year about 65% recovery on equivalent uh, 2019. And if you benchmark that against, you know, equivalent UK airports, they're looking at 40, 50 percent. So absolutely, we, we've done well. I know the, the, the financial figures probably haven't been compiled yet for last year, but do you hope that you'll be back in the black in 2021? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's good to know. Um, and just to look at outside of the ports of Jersey staffing, they're, they're, we know that there have been issues with um, some of your partners at the airport ground handling predominantly where they too were 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 forced to to reduce their workforce and perhaps um they've struggled perhaps to to get people back um could you just give us an update on that and also how ports of jersey have supported your your ground handling partners absolutely um yes um i mean throughout the whole of last year we we were providing support to our main ground handling agent um, who had a significant reduction uh, in their workforce, as, as was the case across the whole of the aviation industry. Mm. 
So um, in, in terms of um, being as supportive as we possibly could, we had, for example, members of our fire service who at times would be able to help out on the ramp uh, where there were shortfalls in that particular resource from the handling agent. Um, we, we've kept really, really close to them throughout the whole of the year. And it's not just been about resource support. It's also about been trying to help them with their recruitment campaign as well. Uh, because I think we know that the, the recruitment market in Jersey is different to the UK. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the UK has struggled big style as well in terms of aviation recruitment. So it, it's not by any means localised to Jersey, as we know, it's, it's across the whole of the industry. Mm. Just broaden that out, actually, it might be an opportune time. Um, we, we know that the industry has been badly hit in COVID, yet perhaps the, the, the passenger still expects to find that £19 fare to take them to Tenerife or wherever it might be. Um, do you see that the the low cost model and days of those very low fares are is over because not least of the hit that um, that COVID has has, has caused? Um, my, my personal opinion on that is no, I don't think I don't think it is. I, I think there might be a little bit of a lull, but it's a hugely competitive market and it's a very resilient market as well. I know that we have lost some airlines. But by and large, I, I think the bounce back is, is going to be going to be quite quick. And ultimately, people want to travel. They're mm. they're, they're they're desperate to travel. So I, I don't think I don't think we're going to see a huge significant change in the in the model that we've been used to. Before COVID, the airport, in fact, just before the airport announced quite ambitious plans for redevelopment. Could you give us an update on that, please? Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, so. Um, Going back to that particular time, um, and you know, I think everybody will recall that we we had the instruction from uh, the aviation regulator to remove the one nine three seven building. Um, that was there was there was a change in circumstances there. So, with the effect of mitigations that we've had in place and have in place, um, that particular obstruction, as it was called, one nine three seven, we can mitigate the risk associated with that. Mm. We had a new regulator that came in. Um, we presented the safety case to the regulator and, as everybody knows, um, the regulator accepted the, our position. So we've, um, we've already made it, made, it, made it clear that we intend to keep the historic uh, 1937 uh, building and, and use it as a functional integral, integral part of the building. It's, it's of significant historical relevance uh, and that's, you know, that's exactly what we want to do. And what about the rest of the, the project? I know there was uh, £40 million, I believe, was the initial. £42 million was the initial budget for uh, a new terminal. Uh, we also had, There were also plans announced for the, for the pier and other changes, for instance, around parking and the proximity of parking to the terminal. Could you give us a, an update on that? Are we expecting to see the, uh, the builders move in and perhaps some disruption going through the airport this year? So what, what, what we've done is uh, obviously very much related to the financial impact um, of the pandemic. Um, we took the decision to um, start the process of a holistic airport master planning process. So the, the previous um, development was very, very terminal focused. Hmm. But actually an airport is not just about the terminal building. An airport is about your runway, it's about your taxiways, your apron, there's a whole holistic piece here. And um, what we didn't have was we didn't have that airport master plan, which looks out and provides the roadmap for the next 10, 20, 25, 30 years. 
So we decided that the best thing for us to do was to start that process, and that's exactly what we've been working on for the last six months. And we're just about to come to the end of that, uh, conclude that airport master planning process, which will include all of the investment that's required, but we'll be we'll be doing it over much more of a prioritised basis. Mm. Uh, so things like, for example, um, the pinch point of security, which I think all of the, the travelling public here at Jersey realise, and it's not unique to Jersey by any means, security tends to be the pinch point. We're going to be dealing with that first of all. Um, and then we'll be moving on to the pier. All of the stuff that does absolutely require investment, but it's almost like it's a bit more of a slower burn that we're going to be doing. And and could you offer some some... You've given some examples, some other examples, perhaps, and also some timescales as to um, how, when, for instance, one of the plans was to put a mezzanine in the existing departure hall. Is that something that we could see soon? or? Yeah, so the, the finer, finer detail of the final master plan it presents, presents various options, uh, and we've not got to the point of being able to conclude that. We're still at the finalisation stages, but what I will say is that uh, in terms of priorities over the next five years, um, security... The, um, the, um, the pier, yes. both from the point of view of arrivals and departures, and actually where, where about the pier is located as well, so that we can start to make better use of apron space, in particular at the north side. Uh, so thinking again about potential expansion um, you know, of um, potentially European routes um, and you know, 320, 737 aircraft. So again, this is very much about like, trying to future-proof things mm. going forward. Could you just give us a taste also of, of how you see the Jersey route network developing? We've been very lucky over the years that carriers do want to come here and bring their passengers here. Um, do you see that returning, enhancing, continuing to be robust? Um, I absolutely do. And I think the, um, the commercial team that we've got, um, headed up by our, our uh, chief, chief exec, are liaising with potential opportunities with airlines all the time. So I think that you know, the move from it being pretty much predominantly UK Jersey, I think we're going to be pushing much harder to get some European connections as well. Moving on to another element, which is the island's drive to achieve carbon neutrality, or at least net zero carbon emissions by 2050 in accordance with the Paris Agreement. One of the uh, aspects that's just uh, come out of the recently published carbon neutral roadmap is the importance of aviation and transport more broadly playing its part. Could you just give me a taste, a few ideas of how you see particularly Ports of Jersey and Jersey Airport doing its bit to uh, help Jersey achieve that aim? Yeah, so um, the, I think the sustainability piece is probably central to you know, our strategic direction going forward. It's incredibly important uh, for, of course, the island, but also aviation as well. Mm. So we're starting to see now the, you know, the airlines starting to work towards uh, carbon neutrality. And we're liaising really closely with all our airline partners in terms of what the requirement's going to be going forward. For example, hydrogen, green hydrogen is a potential fuel. That looks really promising in terms of the direction of travel. And then the electrification of aircraft as well. So, so again, it's something that is very much high up our agenda to make sure that what we have is the correct infrastructure to be able to serve the requirement for aircraft going forward, whether that's sustainable aviation fuels or whether it's green hydrogen. We don't want to find ourselves in a place where actually the airlines are saying to us, we need this and we don't have it, and it's going to take us two, three, two or three years to get the infrastructure in place. We've got to be on the front foot with this, and we absolutely are. 
And do you think that the the appetite of passengers to travel may abate slightly with a, a carbon more of a carbon conscience? Yeah, I, I think the um, w- when you start to look at what all of the big players in aviation are doing, the airlines are doing now, sustainability and the you know moving towards carbon neutrality is pretty much top of their agenda. Mm. Um, so this whole thing about um, not being perceived as you know the dirty industry, um, that's exactly what what they're doing. Um, and I think what we're seeing is we're seeing the timeline starting to come uh, down and down and down. So if you went back a year ago, people were saying, well, you know, it's going to be 2030 before we see hydrogen in aircraft. Now what you're starting to hear is it's, it's a lot closer than that. So I think this whole thing, the industry realises that it has to make the move. And it has to make the move quickly um, because obviously the customers are looking for that. We, we, we're obviously thinking about, our, most people are thinking about scheduled travel. One area of aviation which actually seemed to, to, to ride the wave somewhat during the pandemic has been private aviation and, and, and corporate jet movements. Is that something that is an important part of the Ports of Jersey business model? And if so, is that something that you see developing uh, in parallel with, with, with the scheduled side of the airport? Completely, absolutely, uh, and I mean the you know the whole business and corporate aviation and private aviation is a huge important part of what we do. Now, whether that's whether that's the the local uh, GA community with our light aircraft, or whether it's more the you know the bigger corporate um, aircraft, um, that that's something that is really really important to us, um, and we continue to liaise with whether it be the Aero Club or whether it be Gamma and Ortac. Uh, and all of our, our stakeholders to make sure that we're serving them as we do serve the rest of the commercial aviation. The, the, the vagaries of COVID aside, could you just perhaps paint a picture of, of how you see the airport developing over 2022 and perhaps in an ideal world where you'd like to be um, at the end of the year, back to, to where you were pre-COVID perhaps? Yeah, I, th- I think the, um, we're realistically probably looking at into 23 to get back to solid 2019 numbers. Mm. But I think thereafter, we're, we're projecting uh, good growth in terms of uh, commercial aviation activity. So um, where I'd like to see it when we get to the end of 22 is to the customer experience. That's the most important thing at the moment for me, so that we have, we have the seamless customer journey through the airport. We don't have the queues that you know, we, we were experiencing and people have experienced because of the implications of COVID and the resourcing issues, et cetera, et cetera. And then we start, we start to move towards some of the, the technology that we can introduce in the terminal building as well, potentially you know, automated bag drops uh, and smart lanes and security. So that's pretty much the direction of travel we're looking at. And lastly, obviously the, the airport, Ports of Jersey is a is a, is a publicly owned, uh, taxpayer owned, islander owned uh, entity. Which uh, is that something that you you, you see as a, as a real benefit and one that you think should continue? Um, absolutely, uh, we we are we are there to serve the island and serve the island community. So we want we want the airport to to be have a sense of place uh, and for people for for people to actually enjoy travelling through it. That's really really important. Thanks to Robin McRae for talking with me today and thank you for listening to the Bailiwick podcast. You can find the podcast on all the usual pod places and don't forget to like and share. The music at the beginning and end of this podcast is I Shift My Weight by Luno. Tune in next week for more.